Welcome to Behind the Business Podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing episodes taking you behind the scenes of industry-leading creative small businesses. We'll talk about the real-life, messy behind-the-scenes process of what it takes to build a successful business. Hopefully, each episode helps you combat the perception of perfection within our industry. I hope each episode encourages you to keep showing up no matter how imperfectly so that you can make your own unique impact on this world. Grab a cup of coffee or wine and let's dive right in. Cheers. Hi guys. Today I have a really, really close friend. Her name is Katie. I have known Katie for a couple of years now. Um, and honestly, she's one of the people I talk to most about just the ins and outs and like the actual behind the scenes of business every day. Um, so I wanted to invite her for a really quick chat here on our YouTube series. Katie, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I am Katie. I own Kate Kramer Photography. I live in Baltimore, Maryland, and I met Manali when we were both living in the DC area mm-hmm. and we were doing like wedding photography and stuff like that. So it's just been really fun to see how both of our businesses have grown and evolved over the last couple of years. Um, I'm currently focusing on wedding and brand photography and it's a lot of fun. I don't know if I've already said this, but I'm now in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about how you got started, because I know you got started before we were in D.C. together. Yeah, so I feel like my photography story is so long and winding, so I'm going to try my best to keep this short, um, because it's like, there are a million things that we could pull in here. Um, But I got my first camera for my 16th birthday, and I was so excited. I had planned to use it to photograph the flowers in my backyard and my family dog, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And... um, one day my sister and her best friend got home it was a couple of years after I'd had my camera. They got home from their freshman year school break um, for Christmas mm-hmm. and um, from college. And they were like, let's do a portrait session. And I was like, I don't think I know how to do this, but let's, mm-hmm. okay, let's, let's do it. Um, so we got like a ton of crazy props and bags and things and we went to the park behind our house and we photographed a portrait session that we lovingly nicknamed the travelers and um, it was really silly and looking back on the photos now I'm actually pretty proud of them for being my first portrait Mm -hmm. session Um, but I realized that it was something I actually really loved I loved working with people in front of the camera um, and I realized that there could maybe be something there Um, from there it kind of spiraled into doing Um, grad photos for friends and Mm -hmm. I was about a junior senior in high school at that point so doing grad photos for friends and charging about $30 a session so we've come a long way since then Um, (laughs) and that was a lot of money back then Um, Mm -hmm. and then uh, moving forward through college and stuff like that kept doing a lot of like the grad photos and stuff like that ended up photographing my first wedding about mid-college and amongst all of that doing like majored in journalism and mm-hmm. business and all that and then kind of combined it after school to um roll into a full-time photography business which is just really really crazy it was always a dream of mine and I never really like knew what it was going to be like to do mm-hmm. it and to make it happen and it's really really cool every day I'm like you're here you, you're doing it and made it. Um, it's really fun to <laughs> Be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think I've ever heard your story about your sister and her friend and like doing your fun little portrait session oh, with the props. So I love that. That's some so of the funny. photos like are so funny. I need to see if I can find a few and send them to you on Boxer. Um oh, yeah. because definitely do. I need just, to see them. <laughs> yeah, they are they're truly unique. And it was just yeah, it was just so fun. I feel like I learned so much through like hands-on experience. Like I do mm-hmm. have a degree in like photography kind of um like visual journalism is what I actually have a degree in which 
I do use um, to a degree, um, but a lot of my stuff was like self-taught. So if you are looking to self-teach yourself, it is possible. It I is promise. definitely possible. Yes. Yeah. It takes, it takes a little bit of time, but it's always like super rewarding, especially like, yeah. as, like when you're on your first couple of shoots and you see yourself like incrementally getting better mm-hmm. or you're like, oh, like this happened. Like, oh, what should I do next time to make sure that it looks even better and stuff yeah. like that. So definitely yeah. an incremental process. So you've been doing photography for how many years total now? I'm 27 now. So I guess 11 years, which is wow, crazy. Dang. I know. Oh, but like professionally, like my business starting lines, I feel like are a little bit blurry. Um, mm-hmm. I would say like seriously pursuing like business and kind of chasing, mm-hmm. like using this as like an income stream, um, probably since about 2016, um, okay. maybe 2017, yeah. like kind of on that border, mm-hmm. like post I graduated in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And then once I kind of got rolling into real life and realized that this was something I could do, mm-hmm. um, that was really when I kind of hit the ground running and was like, okay, let's do this. Yeah, I have, I have yeah. a really similar like time frame, I guess, because I did it yeah. throughout high school and then intermittently throughout college and college was when I started second shooting weddings, but I was mm-hmm. kind of just like still getting a feel for it. Um, and then yeah. after I graduated, that's when I like officially started my business officially started taking my own weddings and it's been a couple of years now. So that's so yeah. I love hearing about how everyone gets started and kind of just like how different journeys are, but like also how they're like similar in some ways. Yeah. Um, but one of the first things that I wanted to ask you, like behind yeah. the scenes of CKP is what does your weekly schedule look like? Which I know you coach Orange yeah. Theory too. So I yeah. really want to hear about like how you handle both of those like very like large commitments and kind of how you schedule yeah. week to week. Cause I'm sure not every week is like the same for you too. Yeah. That's a really great question. And it's interesting because I feel like when I started my business, I had like this expectation that like each week, not necessarily going to be the same, but I'm going to have my schedule, my rhythms, my flows. Mm-hmm. And I am also, I'm technically part-time, but have a full-time coaching load at the studio. I'm an orange theory mm-hmm. coach, like you said. Um, and each day that looks a little bit different when it comes mm-hmm. to either class prep or class times or um, splits in my schedule or anything like that. So um, my work schedule is not regular. And if you feel like you do not have a regular work schedule, you are not alone and you mm-hmm. are actually very normal because I know for a while I like kind of fell into the trap of being like, oh, I'm never going to be able to, you know, do this because I don't have that regular work hour, work schedule mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because prior to this, I was also, um, I was teaching still, you know, at other studios and then also mm-hmm. had a full-time job. Um, so life was pretty crazy. So in terms yeah. of what um, I'm doing now, I would say each day I kind of start and like look at what I have on the menu. Um, Mm -hmm. I look at where my classes are. I actually oftentimes do this on Sunday just so I can kind of look at the week as a whole. Just depends on Mm -hmm. how my overall week is laid out. Um, Look for sessions and kind of key things that need to happen throughout the week. Meetings, emails that need to be sent. Um, And I know we are both paper planner people. Um, Mm -hmm. I love my simplified planner. So I actually go through and I kind of draft out what my week is going to look like. If there are any specific things that I know need to happen, I'll put those on the calendar. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will lay out when I want to do workouts and class prep and editing and everything like that on the calendar. Mm -hmm. So while each day is looking different, I know going into the week that I have my plan. Sometimes that happens on a daily basis where I'm just kind of doing a check-in at the end of the day. If I can do it at the beginning of the week, I know I'm off to a good start, but I also yeah. don't put a ton of pressure if it doesn't get done because life could yeah. be crazy. 
Um, but I would say, yeah, in a general, you know, hold on. I'm going to pull my ring light down. My toes are stuck on the wire. Real life. Okay, there <laughs> we go. Adjusted my posture. Um, so in terms of kind of what a daily, you know, my daily routine looks like, I typically wake up, grab some tea, drink the tea while I do some emails. And then from there, I'm usually, you know, kind of getting ready to roll into the day, getting some tasks done, um, head to the studio, coach a couple of classes or maybe take class. Um and then once that is done, if I have any kind of breaks throughout the day, I'm typically trying to get something knocked out then, whether that's scheduling social media posts or maybe getting a blog toast post done between classes. Um, and then at the end of the day, I typically wrap up by kind of, you know, any kind of last minute odds and ends that didn't get done that day that I would like to tie up. Um, I look at doing those then too, like around dinner time. Mm-hmm. Um, what have been some boundaries you've had to put in place just to like manage your work-life balance, which... I don't really believe in like balance is like a strict yeah. thing, but like that kind of like yeah. a teeter totter back and forth, depending on the season and stuff. But have there been any boundaries that you found really helpful in managing all of it? That's a great question. And I feel like it's so hard, especially when you're a small business owner to have those boundaries. And it's something mm-hmm. that I'm still really working hard on. Um, <laughs> but one of the biggest boundaries that I have is I actually don't keep email on my phone and it has been so freeing. Um, the reason that I do not keep email on my phone is because mm-hmm. I have so much going on, you know, in other yeah. parts of my life. When I was working a full-time job, I would get an inquiry notice when I was like going into a meeting and I had to be like there and fully committed to the meeting. And then I'd be like, oh my gosh, but I have this inquiry response that I need to reply mm-hmm. to right away. Um, yeah. And it was just like, I felt like I was being pulled. So I was like, I remember when it happened, I was like walking home from the metros when I was still living in DC and I was Mm -hmm. checked my phone and I had like three emails and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to run up. I lived at the top of the hill. I was like, I got to run up this hill, get to these emails because at that point I was only ever doing email on my computer because I just have big thumbs and I I can't either (laughs) email on my phone um, to save my life. I'm going to make a typo for sure. So I just like, I remember walking and I was like, I don't even know why I have these on my, like this on my phone. I'm not even emailing on my phone. And I just deleted <laughs> the app right then and there. And I never looked back and it's been one of the most freeing things. That's amazing. I feel like I, for the longest time um, I've had it, but I have to toggle to view it, but I've like yeah. lately gotten back into the habit of like, just looking at it first thing in the morning when I really should be like prioritizing, mm-hmm. like getting up, like prioritizing myself for yeah. at least like a couple of minutes first and then diving into emails. So I think that's like something that I have like a boundary around, but I think I need to be a little bit stricter just because from like a yeah. personal perspective, it feels better to not think of that like first thing in the morning when I wake up. It's just kind of like a bad habit yeah. I'm trying to knock. So that's really like helpful to hear. Um, I, I remember like when I was first, like even toggling it off was like a big thing for me. I was like, yeah. what if I like miss somebody who is like, I don't know, like confused as to where to go for a shoot mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and after a while I was like, and nothing has been like, nothing's worse off. Like I only feel better throughout like having this mattering place. Yeah. Um, so I love that you did that just to have a little bit of a separation of being like, I'm going to dedicate like intentional yeah. time to answering my emails. Like there's nothing that I'm really doing by just like looking at this right here, right in the moment, if I'm not going yeah. to respond well and intentionally anyways. Um, yeah. It so was just stressing that. me out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always say too, like, if you're one of those people that you're like, I don't think I'm ready to quite give up email on my phone yet. Just turn off mm-hmm. the notifications, turn off the push mm-hmm. notifications. Mm-hmm. So it's there for you 
Um, but it's not roping you in. Like say you're like yeah. on your way mm-hmm. to like pick up dinner and you get an email and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, phone buzz. Now I have something to do. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you were on your way to pick up takeout for you and your family to have a dinner night together. Like it's okay yeah. to have that boundary in place. And like learning that was really hard. Um, but if I am worried that someone's going to be lost or is not going to be able to find me, I actually send them my phone number beforehand. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Hey, like, just give me a quick text. Give me a quick call. Um, mm-hmm. I don't keep email on my phone and I let them know that, um, mm-hmm. so that, you know, if there are any issues or they can't find me, they know how to get in touch. They know how to get to you. Yeah. yeah. I, I started giving up my phone number for that. And so now I'm just like, yeah. I am like the thing holding me back. We're just taking it off completely. Um, and it's yeah. just like a nervous habit kind of that I have mm-hmm. just like scrolling Instagram. I've like noticed that oh, yeah. I do the same thing with email and I'm like, I think I need to like put a boundary there in place, but um, tell me about a project that you have going on behind the scenes or one that you've recently wrapped up because I know you've recently wrapped up something big Yes. Um, and tell me a little bit of what the process behind the scenes looks like for either something you have upcoming that you're excited about or something that you just wrapped up. So I'm in the process, I'm going to call it in the process right now of refreshing Mm -hmm. my entire online presence. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a huge undertaking that I didn't necessarily realized needed to happen until I was like in the throes of it. And Mm -hmm. I'll get to the reason why I ended up deciding Mm -hmm. to refresh, but um, just a little bit about what has happened and what will happen. Um, What has happened is I have redesigned and relaunched my site, which was super exciting. Um, Now I was a huge cheerleader during that entire process. So I so appreciate your help and support. Um, Mm -hmm. She read the entire thing, tested all the links, like did all of the things and gave me so much awesome and super helpful feedback. And it was so appreciated. Um, And then in tandem with that, I'm in, in the process of like revamping all of my client guides, like my engagement session style guide, my wedding mm-hmm. guide, um, my brand session guide. And I'm trying to give myself grace to be like, okay, these don't have to happen tomorrow. You can do this over time. I want the Pace refresh to, you know, be done really well. Um, so those are kind of down the pipe a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But just a little bit about the overall process. I feel like a lot of small business owners will resonate when I say that, like, we learned a lot during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And discovered a lot. And it was a really intentional time for me to kind of evaluate and learn and grow and um, figure out what I was doing, because it's trying to figure out, like, find a positive amongst all of Mm -hmm. the craziness and all of that. And um, I realized through all of that, kind of like just looking at things and evaluating that, um, my online presence didn't feel like me anymore. I learned a lot about who I am as a business owner, my values. And mm-hmm. while my site was doing a decent job communicating that, I knew it could do a better job. Um, so I started kind of refining things. I worked with a copywriter to really kind of define my online copy, which was an amazing experience. Um, I honestly, in this is not meant to sound conceited, but I felt like I was selling myself short with writing my own copy. And I Mm -hmm. knew I needed someone that knew what they were doing and knew how to write copy um, that converts to really, really help me um, share what I do um, in a way that was really truthful and really honest, um, but also designed in a way to connect with my ideal audience. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was a huge portion of the refresh um, and then just kind of doing all like the back end stuff and making it look all pretty was just bonus. Um, But I kind of realized that I wanted to revamp that written copy and the portfolio to be a little bit more recent. And I was like, why not just do the entire site? (laughs) And it snowballed (laughs) and it was really fun, but um, it was a lot. 
Um, but ultimately it really helped me feel a lot more connected to my business and a lot more um, connected to the people that I, I really want to serve. So that was, I feel like the biggest thing um, really helped me dig deep and kind of define um, and put into words because I'm one of those people, it's like, I have the feeling, but I need to put the pen to paper on like, you know, really what I'm all about. And it, that process really helped. Yeah. I mean, and I saw, like, I've seen your website throughout the years and I saw the refresh recently and it's very, like the best way to describe it is that it is very Katie. Like it's, I, and I know you like offline yes. and I think it does a great job of like bringing who you are as a person offline and all of the, like your strengths there and like mm-hmm. how you do your job so incredibly well and kind of like translating that into like your website copy and like just the overall like online experience so that they're kind of like getting a sense of like who you are and like what it's like to work with you in person before they even reach out, which I think is so, so phenomenal. But um, what is like one thing that you would maybe encourage somebody who is like thinking, like feeling kind of the same feelings of like, Mm -hmm. oh, like I have the feeling, I know what I kind of want to say or like the feeling that I want my Mm -hmm. customers to have, but I don't know how to translate that. Like what's one piece of advice that you would maybe give them? Yeah. I would say like, first and foremost, like sit with it mm-hmm. and like, like sit with it and think about it. Like where, mm-hmm. where is this thought coming from? Where is this feeling coming from? And how does it connect with my ideal audience? If you're a writer, write it down. If you're a typer, ty- like start a Google doc and like write things. I'm personally pen and paper. So I like writing things mm-hmm. out. Some people like more of a Google doc, but sit there and think about where these things are coming from. Um, because I know like a huge thing in the industry and like what I was afraid of with this refresh was that like this was being born of a place of comparison. Um, Mm -hmm. And in rebrands and refreshes, they're a big investment. It's a big investment to make on just the feeling of comparison and feeling of inadequacy, you know, based on what you're seeing from peers. Um, So that's why I recommend like sit with it for a while, like think about Mm -hmm. where these feelings are coming from and ultimately how they are going to benefit your business and the people that you are serving. Make sure that like these feelings, these thoughts are coming from a genuine place of wanting to serve in a deeper capacity and wanting to dig deeper in your business and wanting to connect more with your Mm -hmm. ideal audience. Ideal audience being key there. Um, Because if if you're sitting there and you're realizing that, hey, there's a disconnect between the way my online presence is communicating to my ideal audience yeah maybe we have something maybe we need to start making mm-hmm. some tweaks and refreshing but if you're sitting there and you're like well, you know the biggest reason I really want to refresh is that you know like it's been a while like I, I don't know it feels a little rusty but mm-hmm. I, and I saw someone else launch a site recently maybe I should do that too mm-hmm. then like maybe let's sit with it for a little bit longer you know dig a little bit deeper see you know what needs to happen truly um mm-hmm. before we start that like you know big like okay let's just open the can of overhaul worms. everything yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and I I think it's really smart too just to like look at the analytics of things too of like mm-hmm. are you connecting with like the type of people that you really want to connect with like are you getting ideal yeah. inquiries in your inbox yes. and having that be something where it's like like how are you feeling after you sit with it and also look at the data like is the data telling yes. you that you need to change anything or is this coming out of like a different place So I love that you mentioned that. Um, And I have like a kind of very different question, like going on to a different topic altogether, but I'm kind of curious as to what you're going to say. I was going to say, or ask if there is one thing that you would change in the industry 
what would it be? And if you need to take a second to like think about it, go for it. Cause that's like a very loaded, not loaded okay. question, but like, you know, yes. take some time. I have yeah. a little bit of an unpopular opinion and this mm-hmm. caters more towards clients. And it's something that I've been starting to roll out a little bit more through like Instagram reel and TikTok and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's two parts to this. The first part is, and it's because I hear this on every single industry or every single inquiry that I get is Mm -hmm. that they feel like they are behind. They feel like they just got engaged. Their wedding is coming in a year and Mm -hmm. they need to have everything done and everything planned and everything perfect. And chances are good. They're 2022 couple. And a lot of this, I feel like is being born of um, the wedding boom, which is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think overall in the industry, we need to be very mindful of the atmosphere we're creating for our couples and for Mm -hmm. our people that we're serving. Um, And what I'm seeing right now is that the wedding industry is creating a lot of stress for people. And um, it breaks my heart because your wedding planning experience, you know, like there's going to be stress. Like, let's be honest, you're planning a giant event. This is good. Like, you know, something's going to come up and it's going to be stressful. Um, And is there a degree of truth that vendors are booking out, you know, faster, sooner, earlier, and that it's important that you're jumping on and booking your people sooner rather than later. Yes, I will like fully. Mm-hmm. Yes. That said, um, I, I think right now there's a huge feeling of pressure for couples. And I wish that as a wedding industry, we could come together and just kind of ease that a little bit. Yeah. Like maybe your A team might be booked, but maybe they have a really awesome list of referrals that could step in mm-hmm. and, you know, be a really, really awesome, you know, addition to your wedding day. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part, and this is just random, and I have content coming out about this later this week on TikTok and Instagram, and it's for couples again, um, but it's that like TikTok, Instagram reels, they are awesome for getting inspiration, but you don't need to include everything that you see on these apps in your wedding day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be really, really easy to think that like, oh my gosh, like I saw this last dance, or I saw this really cool touch to a first look, or this really mm-hmm. cool detail, or this really awesome um, vignette, like with um, uh, place cards or something like that. And like, while wow, these are all amazing things to, um, tie into your wedding day. Like, I think that's another thing, like it's okay to sit with things and to see what resonates with you and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and to plan a wedding day that is really true and intentional to you take what resonates and leave the rest because, um, a lot of this stuff that you see on TikTok, Instagram, um, Pinterest, all of that, it takes time and it also takes money. Um, so really sit and look at what makes sense for you as a couple. Um, mm-hmm. And it's okay if, you know, you're not including the most recent viral trend in your wedding day, if it doesn't speak to you. Yeah, I love that. That really reminds me of, I can't even think of when now, but like, a couple of yes. years ago, how like blush weddings were like the thing on Pinterest. Yeah. And like, I saw that happen with my couples for sure. Like it was one of my brand colors, but I think like overall, like it just became like a trend and a thing. Mm-hmm. But I love what you're saying of like, you don't have to necessarily incorporate like all the latest like things that people are doing if it doesn't resonate with yeah. like, who you are as a couple. Cause I completely agree. And I even tell couples yeah. this from a photography standpoint, it's like, here's my recommendation of like, what is good from like a photography perspective and like maybe what I would do, but I always Mm want to like let my couples know that they always have a choice and like, you know, I'm going to do my best to work within like what they feel like is the best fit for their day and kind of like their vision of things. So I love how you brought that up in terms of like social media aspect of things. Cause I'm not, I haven't even thought about that. Like from 
a couple's perspective of like seeing all these different things now like on Instagram where maybe that wasn't really a platform that they were using maybe for inspiration Mm -hmm. in the past and now it is and like TikTok is too possibly um so I love that but I I wanted to ask yeah Oh, I would sorry, say go one caveat here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wedding professionals still share that stuff. Like still share oh, the inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. that should not change anything. But like couples, it's okay to like take what resonates and like mm-hmm. encourage your couples to do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. if like keep sharing the inspiration. But if someone's like, oh, do we think we need to do this or that or whatever? Like when you're interacting with your couples, just like put them at ease and be like, does it speak to you? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Does it not? Mm-hmm. Let's leave it. So yeah. sorry. Is this it, one inter- no, you're totally fine. That, caveat because I know like a lot of people would be like oh my gosh am I sharing too much it's like no do your thing share your things like share the awesome content and keep inspiring people um and then encourage your couples to just take what resonates sorry keep going (laughs) oh no no no! I love that um yeah my last question was going to be what encouragement do you have for other wedding vendors as we roll into 2022 this is advice the two parts of this first like if you are in the throes of a crazy season rest is coming and it's also okay to rest because I feel like I get like Mm. get through all the craziness and then you get to January and you're like oh my gosh I have nothing like nothing on my calendar this month like this is crazy Mm -hmm. and um like coming from someone who has not had a day off in a couple of weeks which I know sounds really bad to say like I definitely need to work on the work-life balance but um that can feel really scary and I remember earlier this year it was like really scary I was like this is just you know it feels unfamiliar and, mm-hmm. and weird, but it's okay to rest um, and to use that time intentionally to serve your business and to set yourself up for success when things do get busier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say like my second little bit of advice would be for like anyone that's just kind of like getting into things and like trying to figure it out is to like, just do it. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's not happening, like look for creative ways that you can practice and do things. And that might look like photographing your sister and her best friend in the random park behind your house. Yeah, It might look like seeking out additional second mm-hmm. shooting opportunities through something like HoneyBook or an online Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, it may look like setting up a styled shoot for some of the winter, month, winter mm-hmm. months or something like that. Um, but honestly, like there's room for everyone at the table, whether your table has been overthrown with everything this year or maybe Mm -hmm. you're you know just kind of starting your table like there's room for everyone like there's room for everyone and um whether you're like craving rest or craving more work like you you can do this um and I feel like that's Mm -hmm. something that I just constantly need to remind myself of as well yeah same and I love what you said of like there is always room at the table because I can Mm -hmm. remember when I was first starting out I didn't necessarily feel like that because I was trying to get those like opportunities to get more work. Um, And I remember doing all of the things that you just recommended of like finding more second shooting opportunities, going to like the Tuesdays together meetings to like meet some more people. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Doing shoots for like friends and family just to like build up my skills Mm -hmm. and my portfolio. Um, And I love that. And I do totally believe that there is room for everyone at the table and that everyone brings something different and unique. And don't be afraid to like infuse that into your business and like the way that you do things too. Like just because you see your Katie doing things a very certain way Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you necessarily have to do that. So I love that. But Katie, thank you so much for being on and taking the time um, and just sharing your like wisdom and stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, Where can people find you online? 
Okay. Wait, let me look. Okay. So Instagram is at Kate Kramer, C-A-I-T-K-R-A-M-E-R. Let me look. I just started trying to figure out the TikTok thing. TikTok thing. Her TikToks yeah. are great, actually. It's, I will say. it's a lot of fun. Inspiring. Um, I batch all of those. So if you, it ever looks like I'm wearing the same shirt a week in a row, it's just because I filmed them all on the same day. Same, yeah. Same if you're <laughs> trying to start an online video thing, batch your content. Um, Kate underscore Kramer. That's the biggest difference Love that. on that one. Love Yeah. And then Facebook and katekramer.com. But yes, Facebook is, that. I would say Instagram and TikTok are the two biggest places if you want to connect with me socially. Yeah. Love that. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks, Katie. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. If you loved this episode, be sure to check out my free masterclass for photographers to help you book out your wedding photography business this upcoming year. I chat through three key tips that you can start implementing today to confidently raise your prices and book those dreamy clients. You can sign up at manaliphotography.com slash class, C-L-A-S-S. I'll see you inside.